Welcome back to the Lash Business Lounge. I am your host, Lauren Lappin, and this is the place where we talk all things lash and beauty business related. Hello, and welcome back to the podcast. So, first and foremost, I am an idiot because I have completely missed the Lash Business Lounge's first birthday. I realized yesterday when I was coming up with some content ideas and writing some notes down uh, for recording today. And we actually released episode one back on the 8th of February, 2022. And I cannot believe it's been a year and I really wanted to celebrate it. And I completely missed it because I was in the depths of my Salon Goals launch. Um, Salon Goals is my 12-week group coaching program. So yeah, I just thought I would mention that before I got into the juicy content of this episode. And today I am going to be talking about something that grinds my gears and it's when people complain about, oh, my business isn't growing, you know, I'm not making any money, people aren't coming back, wah, 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 wah. And then they start to tell me, you know, these little tidbits from their business that they're doing or I start noticing things, you know, little gaps in their offering or gaps in their socials or gaps in, you know, the processes that uh, they have in their business. And I just decided to compile a little bit of a list because there may be some things that you are doing in your business that are on this list and I am not trying to single anyone out or offend anybody at all. My mission, you know, what makes me light up is helping people to grow their businesses. So, That's the only reason, that's the sole reason why I am going to go through this list today. But if you are guilty of any of these, please don't get offended and, you know, unsubscribe to me and unfollow me on socials. Uh, Use it as a learning tool and, you know, change this thing in your business and see where it takes you. So if you're not getting anywhere in your business, you know, you haven't been getting anywhere for a long time it's definitely a good idea to start trying some different things. So I hope that this topic today does resonate with you. I really want you to start taking yourself and your business a little bit more seriously because when you don't take yourself seriously, your clients don't take you seriously and other people don't take you seriously. And these are some of the things that people do in their beauty businesses that really don't come across as serious or professional. So the first one is not having a proper booking system. You need to have a proper booking system that allows you to collect all your clients' data, you know, send them reminders, automate things, automate emails, automate texts, be able to charge deposits and you also need to be able to keep some sort of history properly for them. Um, You also need to be able to take online bookings. Uh, There are so many people 
in this industry that are still not taking online bookings because they feel like it's too hard, too hard to set up. They haven't got control over it. And and mainly it is the people that won't let go of control. They feel they need to approve every appointment as it comes through. They need to be able to adjust the timing or who it's with or or whatever. You are just making your life harder for yourself. If you need to do that, if you need to book every single person in individually, yourself, manually, you are making your life harder and you're not making it easy for people to book in with you. And I know personally, I book appointments in the wee hours of the morning or the very late hours at night. I'm busy during the day. I don't have time to make appointments or I'm not even thinking about myself. I'm, I'm thinking about work during the day. I'm thinking about my kids. I'm not, I'm not concentrating on me and things that I need done. So I don't make appointments and I don't want to ring anyone. I am old. I'm nearly 40. I am from the era of ringing people up. And look, I I still like to ring people up and have a chat to them, but I don't like ringing businesses. (laughs) I want it to be easy. I can't even be bothered sending a message. I don't want to. I just want to book myself in online. I want to have all the information presented to me in an easy to read format. I want to see the price. I want to see the duration. And I want to be able to book online then and there. I don't want to have to ring someone. I don't want to have to talk to them. I don't want to have to text them and go back and forth with bank account details for deposits and stuff like that. I cannot be bothered. I am too busy. And I know that there's a lot of people out there like me. So if you don't have online booking and you're not making it easy for your clients or your potential clients to book in with you, you are losing out on so much business. So much. Because if someone Googles you know, Lash Salon Melbourne CBD and all of the Lash Salons in Melbourne CBD come up and they don't have a website, they don't have online booking and a website is my next point actually, but they don't have online booking, they're just going to go to the next salon that has it because people are lazy, they are time poor, they do not want to ring places, they don't want to go back and forth sending messages or DMs on Instagram. It's too hard. And I mean, if you want to have a luxury salon, if you want good clients that are reliable, that have disposable income, these people usually are busy people that work. They don't have time to be going back and forth. So you need to offer online booking. Please, if you do not offer online booking, start offering it. It is not that hard to get set up. And I will be willing to bet you that you will make back that investment in your time tenfold, a thousandfold. You know, it might take you, I can't even remember how long it took me. It was so long ago. Uh, I have been offering online booking since the day I opened my salon doors. Actually, I offered online booking before I opened my salon doors. I had it when I worked from home because, you know, this was back in 2013 I'd previously worked in a salon with an appointment book. We were still using a pencil and a rubber. And uh, yeah, it was difficult. I knew I had to make it easy for people. So I chose a booking system that offered online booking and I grew exponentially very, very, very quickly. So 
you need to be offering online booking. My next point, which I just mentioned, was a website. (laughs) You need to have a website with all of your information, some photos of your business. You need a little bit of a about us page so people can read up on you, do a little bit of research. Uh, You need to have some photos of the inside of your salon, the outside, what it looks like so people can find you easily. You need to have some photos of your work and the services that you offer with some short descriptions and your price menu. You should also have some images of your team if you have a team and you can do this yourself. I know that Squarespace is very, very, very easy, like, you know, platform to use yourself. It's not going to take you a whole lot of time to, you know, whip up a website, a very simple website at the very least and have your online booking connected to it which is also, again, very, very easy to set up or just bite the bullet and pay someone to do it for you. You know, you don't have to go to a full-blown graphic designer, web developer. You can find someone on Fiverr. I've done this before. Um, So if you're unaware of Fiverr, it's like a, a creative market, online creative market. So you can find photographers and copywriters and app developers and things like that on there. Uh, so Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. So you can search for someone on there that can very quickly and easily make your website. And I would suggest to put it on Squarespace or Wix, something that's easy for you to update yourself because WordPress is a nightmare. Trust me, I've lived it. I've lived the nightmare of WordPress and I have an IT background but I found WordPress very, very difficult to navigate. So unless you want to be paying someone every single time you want something changed on your website, whether you want to swap photos out or move them to a different part of the page or revamp your service menu or change prices or anything like that, unless you want to be paying someone every single time, don't get WordPress. So you need to have a website because People will automatically see you as more legitimate. Even if you are at home, you need to have a website. You can have an online store as well for any retail products that you sell. You can add that on later. But if you don't have a website, please get one now. And you need a professional domain name. So if you you do decide to have a Squarespace site or a Wix site, you don't want their free domain name to be anywhere near your website. So what I mean by this is, you know, I'll use my salon as an example, www.squarespace.websitebuilder-alua-lash-and-beauty-bar. You do not want a URL that looks like that. (laughs) Please just fork out the money. It's not very expensive. I think a domain name, a .com.au domain name might be about 50 or 60 bucks a year. It's worthwhile. You look professional. It's clean. It's nice. It's easy for people to remember. You don't want to be rattling off a weird domain name to people. You don't want to have a weird domain name on your business cards and things like that. So just spend the money, please. It's not expensive. So domain name. And then that brings me to my next point. Your email also needs to have your domain name attached to it. This is a little bit nitpicky on my part. But I do think it looks a little bit cheap if you are using a Hotmail or an Outlook or a Gmail address as your work email address. 
if you have your website set up and it, your own domain name, uh, so for example, uh, mine is www.aluolashes.com.au. So for your email address, you would want it to be your name at aluolashes.com.au. You don't want an email address that is aluolashes or aluolashandbeautybar at hotmail.com. It doesn't look legitimate. People might think, is this a legitimate business or is this a scam? Especially if, you know, you're asking for booking fees or deposits or something like that over email, anyone could make that email address. But if it is coming from your own domain, it looks a lot more professional and a lot more legitimate. So if you have your website set up, please get some email addresses as well from your domain name provider. Now, I just touched on it, but (laughs) deposits, booking fees and credit card details. Look, deposits and booking fees are the same thing. It just depends on what you choose to call them. I believe that the word deposit kind of insinuates that they can get the money back. A booking fee sounds a little bit more final. So I like to call deposits in my salon booking fees, especially when I'm like talking to clients about it. So you need to be charging booking fees or you need to be capturing your client's credit card details. If you aren't doing this, people think it's easy to chop and change your appointments around. There's no skin in the game. They haven't got skin in the game, right? So if they've put money towards something, they're going to be way more likely to actually show up for the appointment or they're going to give you enough notice that they need to change it because they don't want to lose their money. So if you are not doing this, please do it. And I know that this comes down to people pleasing and wanting to be the nice girl, the nice lash lady, but do not be afraid to ask for booking fees or credit card details when you are asking your clients to secure their booking. It's pretty commonplace now. Don't feel you can't do it. Don't feel that it's asking too much. I've actually had people over the years say to me, oh, no, I actually like it for budgeting reasons. You know, I'll pay a little bit today and then I'll pay the rest on on the day of my appointment. It, It makes it feel like it's not as expensive. But if people put money towards their appointment ahead of time, you know they are serious about coming in. And don't feel bad about the people that refuse because those people were probably not going to show up anyway. They're a time waster. They don't want to pay. They don't want to put any money down because they know they're flaky. They know they're not really 100% sure if they want that full set or not. So please take deposits slash booking fees or capture card details. It just, again, makes you look more legitimate and your clients are going to have more respect for you and see you in a more professional way. And also too, you're not going to have those last minute cancellations. So, you know, your business is only going to be better off for it in that way as well. On the subject of money, you need to collect payment on the day. So they've paid a deposit already, but they're also going to have money that they owe you on the day at the end of their service. Now, so many people are guilty of doing this, especially lately now that cash is 
a little bit further and far between. And I know a lot of you that have home-based salons are guilty of this. You don't have a proper pause set up, so a point of sale, okay? So a reception counter or a laptop set up where you're actually putting the sale through, you're checking that person out, you're ringing up the sale, whatever you want to call it, you don't have that proper area. And it can be very, very difficult to ask for the sale when you don't have that proper pause area. So what I mean by this is, say, for example, you finish your client's lashes and you stand up and they get up and they start, you know, getting their bag together and things like that. And you're sort of standing there awkwardly and you're like, oh, yeah, okay, well, let's book you back in. And you might have a phone. You might have your, um, you know, your booking system because, you know, you've got a proper booking system, not a book with a pen and a rubber. Sorry, not a pen, a pencil and a rubber. You've got your proper booking system up on your phone or your iPad or whatever. And, you know, they're booking back in, but, you know, there's no sort of nice way to ask for the money. And it is awkward asking for money. It's so awkward. So what I recommend to get around this is having a pause area or like a reception counter or a desk or something with a proper setup where you accept money. Because if you are walking to a proper reception desk or pause they just know that they're going to have to get their wallet out and pay. It's just a given. Like in any retail shop, you wouldn't not see a place where you have to pay. In every retail setting, there is a place. In every restaurant, there is a place. So even though you may pay at the table, you know, they may bring a FPOS machine over to the table for you to pay, there's still always some sort of desk near the door before you walk out. So if you don't have this in your salon or your home your home salon, I would suggest you get it because it's going to save you a lot of awkwardness. So instead of just standing awkwardly at the bed, you can walk to your POS, so your point of sale or your reception desk, whatever you want to call it, walk there with your client, make their next booking. You want to have your retail items near this point of sale area. And you can rebook them and ask for the sale. And this really stops any awkwardness around asking for money or your client saying, oh, I forgot my wallet. I'll just transfer it. How much do I owe you? You know those clients? Thankfully, I didn't experience this when I still worked at home or when I was working on my own uh, because there was still a lot of cash around back then. Most people had cash on them. But Nowadays, people don't carry cash as often. There's a lot of businesses that don't even accept cash. So you don't want to be chasing up payments. You don't want to have to be checking your bank account and then contacting that person numerous times to get the money out of them. Because if you grow, are you going to be happy if your team members are saying yes to people saying, oh, I'll just transfer money? How many transfers are you going to have to chase up? It's creating more work for you. So creating a more professional environment where there is a point of sale area that they walk to, you ask for the sale, you have an FPOS machine there ready to take payments. So if you don't have an FPOS machine or a square terminal or something like that, or you're not capturing card payments through your booking system, you need to start doing that because it is just more professional. 
people are going to respect you. They are going to pay you. You know, if people leave your premises and they haven't paid and they don't pay for a long time, it's stealing. And people do this. They think that it's acceptable because you work from home or they might think that you're really cashed up and you don't need the money or you're going to forget. People do take advantage. So if you have a proper setup, people will pay you on the day. So please collect payment on the day. You do not want to have to chase people for money ever. It's awful. Please don't fall into the trap. So again, on the subject of money, you need to declare your earnings. If you want to be serious and level up, you do need to declare your earnings. So if people are paying you in cash, you need to bank it. Look, I'm I'm the first to admit, and I hope no one from the ATO is listening. So the ATO for my overseas listeners is the Australian Tax Office. <laughs> you know, I'll be the first to admit I've I've pocketed a bit of cash during the years. But once you have a team and you have a lot of outgoings like wages and utility bills and rent and product costs and, you know, trainings and things like that that you need to pay for, you need money in the bank. So it doesn't make sense to be pocketing heaps of cash every day, (laughs) even though your clients might be paying you in cash. So look, this isn't as prevalent as now as it used to be. Like like I just said, there's not as much cash floating around as, as there used to be, but there are certainly still clients that might have businesses themselves that take a lot of cash. So you might have those clients that always pay in cash and you might pocket it. And you need money in the bank. You need money in the bank to pay staff. You need money in the bank to pay for everything. And most importantly, you need money in the bank if you want to borrow any money for anything. The first thing a bank will do if you go for some sort of loan, whether it be personally or in your business, is they will look at how much money is coming in regularly. They'll want to see your notice of assessment from the tax office. So if you are pocketing cash to avoid paying tax or, you know, reducing your tax, that's not going to bode well for you if you're the main income earner and you want to take out a mortgage of, you know, $1.5 million to buy your dream home. Now, look, this is relative to your area. $1.5 million might buy you a little shack in some parts of the world. But just say, like, just for example's sake, you want to borrow $1.5 million to buy your dream home with, with your partner and you got a cracking business. you got heaps of cash and, you know, like you're, you're raking it in and, and you're making more money than your partner. But on paper, it looks like you're making stuff all because you're not declaring it. You're not putting it through your business. You're not putting it through your accounting system. You're not putting it in the bank. Therefore, you're not paying tax on it and you can't borrow money. So... Unless you can save up $1.5 million in cash from your lash clients, <laughs> I don't know. But to be more legitimate, to take yourself and your business more seriously, you need to be declaring most of your earnings. You know, it just, it doesn't work. Look, it might seem good and you might love having a bit of play money. You might love keeping it a secret from your partner or whatever that, you know, 
on paper, your business is earning five grand a week, but actually you're earning seven and you're pocketing two and you're going and buying, you know, you're going and spending it at Louis Vuitton and um, Cartier and stuff like that. You know, you might think that that's good, but long term, that's not going to be good because you're not going to be able to prove your earnings to a bank. And even if you wanted to sell your business in the future, it's not going to look good on paper. You want your books to look awesome for a potential buyer. So, Please, if you are pocketing heaps and heaps and heaps of cash from your business or you're accepting heaps of cash payments, it might be an idea to start putting a lot of it through the bank, properly through your business. Just pay the tax. Look, I know it's shit. I pay so much tax. But if you're paying tax, it means you're earning money. So you can't get around it. It's not worth it if you get busted. If you get audited, it's not worth it. Just be serious, take yourself seriously and, you know, declare most of your money. Next point, wear a uniform. A lot of people might disagree with me on this one, but I believe you need to look the part. You need to present yourself properly. And it could be the reason that people might not come back. I don't know about you, but I don't think I'd take a beauty therapist seriously that wasn't wearing any makeup at all and maybe was wearing a dirty shirt and had tint stains all over their nails and things like that. I just wouldn't. And I notice those things about people. I'm quite observant and there's a lot of observant people out there in the world as well. So present yourself properly and it starts with a uniform. If you have a team, you should all be wearing a uniform. It makes things easier uh, and saves a lot of awkward conversations uh, with clothing choice, (laughs) trust me. And, I mean, this is, again, it's a whole other topic, uniforms and and team and getting them to present themselves properly as well. But, you know, if you are working on your own and you might even be working from home and think that you don't really need to wear a uniform, and look, you might not. But I believe it is very, very important to present yourself in the right way you know, your hair needs to look good. Your makeup needs to look good. If you have lash extensions and you're a lash artist, you need to have good lashes on your face because people will not take you seriously if your lashes look like shit. So please, if you decide to get your lashes done, they need to be maintained really well and you need to look after them. Uh, having a uniform will make you seem more professional, even if you are working from your salon at home, people will treat it more like a legitimate business and they will have a little bit more respect for you if you are presenting yourself properly like you would if you were working in a salon in like a commercial space. So always a good idea to have a uniform, even if it is just any kind of black pants and a black t-shirt that looks neat and tidy, tucked in, that has your branding on it. It's that simple. Otherwise, you can, you know, you can get scrubs or you can get aprons or tunic tops or, or whatever it is, whatever takes your fancy. But a uniform looks great. I always get asked where my uh, uniforms are from. People reach out on Instagram all the time. If I ever upload a story or something with my team and we're in our uniforms, like, always without fail we'll get at least two dms asking me where we got our uniforms from i had one of my girls a couple of weeks ago actually she got into the lift after work and there was a lady in there and she just said oh your uniforms 
are so smart looking. You look great. Well done. And, you know, that's really nice. And if your team, if you have a team and, you know, they're out on their lunch break and, you know, they're walking around town and they have a beautiful uniform on and they look good and your branding is on it, your logo's on there, it's just a really, really great representation of your business and a little bit of free marketing as well. So uniforms are a must-have for me. I know some of you will disagree on, on this with me and think that it's not important, but it's, it's a deal breaker for me. You have to wear a uniform. I've always worn a uniform and it just makes life a little bit easier when you don't have to decide what you need to wear every day. So yeah, uniforms must have. On the subject of presenting yourself properly, you need to present your salon properly. It needs to be immaculately clean. People do not want to come back to a beauty premises that looks unclean or smells bad or has, you know, fingerprints or mess everywhere, clutter. It needs to be on point. First impressions are everything. And it can even start before they walk through your door. I know, <laughs> and I might I think I might have mentioned this on the on the podcast before, but Every time I go into my salon, I walk straight in and I walk straight out the back to the cleaning cupboard and I get the Windex and I get a lint-free cloth and I come straight back out and I clean the front door because there is always fingerprints on it. Now, I have trained my team to do this and they know that I hate fingerprints or smears or marks on any sort of reflective surface like glass or, you know, the floor or mirrors or anything like that. I cannot handle it. Like I can't unsee it. Once I've seen it, I cannot unsee it. So this is common practice for me. I walk straight in, straight at the back, get the cleaning stuff, come out, clean the door. Because if people walk in and that's the first thing they notice, if it's a person like me who is very anal about cleaning, they're not really going to have the best first impression. If they walk in and there's dead bugs all over the floor or leaves have blown in or there's you know, you might have white skirting boards or something like that and there's lashes sitting all on top of them or dust or whatever, they're probably not going to have the best first impression. So your front entrance and your waiting area, reception area needs to be immaculate. Also to your station, your trolley, whatever you use at your bed or your treatment room or what, whatever it is where you are, it needs to be very clean as well. And I always put everything away. I throw all my rubbish out and I put everything away in drawers before my client hops up and looks around. It's just you don't want your client to see dirty tissues scrunched up sitting on the bench with tint stains on them and dirty implements and things like that. Even if you have dirty implements, you can wrap them up in a tissue, put them inside the drawer and then your client can't see them. Then you come back, you know, take all that stuff to get disinfectant and cleaned. And yeah, it's just much, much nicer. Maybe a lot of you are sitting there shaking your head going, wow, she's taking it to extremes. But <laughs> this is what I've always done. This is how I present my salon, how I want. This is my standard. And it is very, very high. This is how I present my business to the world. This is how I teach my team to present themselves and, you know, their stations and my salon to the world. And, you know, we've done quite well. So it obviously works when you 
Look after those tiny little details on presentation and never, ever forget that first impressions matter. My last point, policies. (laughs) You need to have policies in your business. Now, for the purposes of this podcast today, I'm going to talk about policies with your clients. So you need to have booking policies. That might involve a booking fee, a late cancellation fee, a no-show fee. You might take 100% of payment for their appointment if they don't show or they give you less than 30 minutes warning of a late cancellation. You want to have a late policy. So what's the expectation if they turn up late? Is there a grace period? How long are you going to give them? Children in the salon, you might want to have a policy around lashes if you offer lash extensions. How long will you allow them to go between refills before you consider it's a full set? All of these things need to be on write- in writing and they need to be somewhere that's easily accessible. So if you haven't got a website yet, please start one. You know, that was my... I think second point that I mentioned today, website, you need to have your policies listed on there. They need to be really clear and concise. You also need to have your policies in your confirmation emails and texts. So what I mean by this, again, point one, if you haven't got a booking system, get a booking system. But if you have a booking system, it should automate all of your reminder emails and texts. And there should be a link or a written policy around your no-show, late cancellations, all of that sort of stuff. That all needs to be in there so that your client is reminded of what the expectation is and that they're not shocked when if they don't show up, you charge them for the full appointment price. Or if they give you less than 24 hours notice of a cancellation or reschedule, you ask them to pay a new booking fee and you take the old one. So, You need to put that expectation out there in a policy for them to know ahead of time. So you will have it on your website, in your confirmation emails when they book the appointment and then a reminder. And you might also want to have it on your client intake form. And this is something that I do when they come into the salon. Oh, actually, we we automate them now. They get sent out before the appointment And they pop all their details in, you know, their name, where they heard about us, you know, birthday, all that sort of stuff. Their preferences in terms of brow styling and all of that sort of stuff. We actually have our booking policy on the bottom and they have to agree to it. So they know from the get-go that they need to give us more than 24 hours notice if they're going to cancel or reschedule their appointment. Otherwise, they forfeit their booking fee. Or if they don't show, they'll be charged the full price of the appointment before and they have to pay it before making a new new appointment at my business. So you need to put all of these policies somewhere. You can have them up on the wall in the salon as well if you like, but that's not really very aesthetic. So uh, I don't suggest it. But if you've got it on your website and you've got it in your emails that are automated that are going out to your clients before their appointments... I also, this is a nice little tip, in my link tree 
on my Instagram. So if you go to my salon, my salon Instagram, and you click on the link in my bio, I have a link page and I actually have a link directly to my policies. So they're very easy for people to see before they make a booking. So you need to have policies in place. You need to have rules. And it is much easier to enforce these rules when they're written down and people have read them and they've acknowledged that they've read them. It's pretty hard for someone to deny that they didn't know they had to give more than 24 hours notice of a cancellation when I've actually got their signature on a form right underneath that policy. So policies, you need to have them. If you haven't got any, please have a look at a couple of other salons have a look at a few websites, get some ideas, jot down some non-negotiables. Maybe you might think about something that clients always do to you and it really annoys you and you want it to stop happening. Put that in a policy. (laughs) Please do it. Your clients will take you a lot more seriously. So, Do you have all these things in place? I would love to hear. You can reach out to me on Instagram. My handle is Lauren Lappin underscore. So L-A-U-R-E-N-L-A-P-P-I-N underscore. Thank you for listening today. And that is all I've got for you. I will see you online soon.